0: I've noticed that there's a lot of shame around money. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of stories, especially if you've tried a lot of things. You've done the budgeting. You've done Dave Ramsey. You've gone to all the courses. You've, you've tried all the things that you're like, why is this still not working? What's wrong with me or what's going on? That Sometimes starting straight into the numbers is really counterproductive and that there's something bigger going on.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers. I have a uh, money mindset coach here with us today. I have Jordan Pendleton uh, from Revenue Tribe. She is helping people to relearn and transform their relationship with money. And so we're going to kind of dive into some subjects around uh, why, what we're learning, when we're learning it, why we're learning it, and how to learn it the right way. So I want to thank you for coming on, Jordan. Uh, welcome to Money Talkers.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here.
1: Uh, fantastic. And so um, I usually like to start off coming out of the gate with a good question that I can try to see if I can throw you off or not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so when you come in as a money mindset coach to help people transform their relationship with money what is the number one hang up that you see
0: the number one hang up i see like as far as like what what people what keeps people from entering in the conversation i yeah
1: actually that's a good way to talk about it like what what keeps them from from starting the conversation
0: oh man the the resistance can be pretty strong. Um, It's easier to, in my experience, to try to go into the logistical and the strategic side of money because it seems easier to control that, whereas the relationship with money requires you to go into really looking at yourself and how you show up in the world. And so I think the, the resistance to wanting to do that can be pretty strong sometimes. Um, and not really wanting to fully dive in, but a lot of people that come to me are pretty ready. They've tried all the strategy, they've tried all the tactics and they're like, what is still missing? Why can't I, why can't I break through this? Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to look at ourselves and really do that internal work, um, which is the majority of what I do with people. So,
1: yeah. So looking, looking into your own money mirror, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's uh a, so um I guess once like you gotta mention that people by the time they get to you they've kind of realized that they need to take action right and so um at that point where do you where do you start with them like what do you generally um like someone that's listening right now they may know that they need to have that financial talk with themselves in the mirror so that they can teach their kids um. Uh, better ways, you know, and, 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 learn more about it, but they have a hesitancy because they don't, it's a giant elephant that they don't know where to take the first bite. Right. So kind of where do you walk along where um, you see that first kind of bite that, that people have that aha or that they feel comfortable now to go ahead and take their journey?
0: Yeah, I actually start the the conversation in a completely non-financial manner because I've noticed that there's a lot of shame around money. There's a lot of shame, there's a lot of stories, especially if you've tried a lot of things, you've done the budgeting, you've done Dave Ramsey, you've gone to all the courses, you've, you've tried all the things that you're like, why is this still not working? What's wrong with me or what's going on? That sometimes starting straight into the numbers is really counterproductive and that there's something bigger going on Um, And so most of where I start is just most of the time it's because we're not, we're not intentional about our money because we're not intentional about our lives. (laughs) So we have to just start with a small intention and start practicing being intentional and shifting into, yes, the main, main desired result at the end of the program might be a financial transformation, but there's probably bigger stuff coming up and so just actually checking the like money and the dollars at the door for the first you know couple of sessions to really go okay we need to get to the the heart of the matter which is our belief systems and our you know how we were raised with money especially parents i'm about to be a parent it's like interesting to see you know how much we absorb from our parents that's still in us and so yeah starting with just a smaller intention um and getting and practicing being intentional to then peel back the layers and take it one bite at a time as opposed to diving straight into the numbers if you've already done that a bajillion times
1: yeah I think um just in my mindset I think that uh, I look at money as a tool. Right. And so it's like, you know, if you have a hammer, like it doesn't, it's not the hammer's fault. It doesn't know how to hit the things. It's like, well, you know, you either know how to use the hammer or you don't know how to use the hammer. And I feel like that part's probably easier in your job as a money mindset coach is not really like, okay, like what's your rent and what's your utility bills and where can you cut out your excesses and stop going to dinner and you know, all that budgeting stuff. And then also like how to think about, okay, Uh, If you don't want to cut those things, like what could you do to manifest more money and what good strategies could you take? Like, I imagine that part's probably quite a bit easier than changing the paradigm of the way that people uh, and the relationship that they have uh, around finances.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's way, it's way more challenging. And I think what societally we're kind of taught to skip the step and go, oh, just you know, figure out how to make more money and spend less money. It's pretty simple at the end of the day, right? Like it's not yeah. overly complicated, but what stops most people is skipping the step of, how are you relating to money? How do, what, what's that conversation that's going on internally about yourself, <laughs> about money? Uh, because how we do one thing in life is typically how we end up doing everything in life. So if we're having, you know, problems in money, it's usually just a manifestation of something else and a reflection. So we can even view that as a tool, like that money is a tool in that way as well. Instead of shaming ourselves about, you know, bad we're being with money and I'm so bad with money or I never figured it out or my parents never taught me or whatever. There's some story or you're, you're, the numbers are telling, are trying to tell you. And so it's when you kind of like take the pressure off and say, oh, what is it? What is this actually trying to tell me? Then we can actually get to the root of the problem, which is maybe you don't have clear vision for your life or you don't have clear goals or not really totally sure where you're going or you're telling yourself a story that's really like not in alignment with where you really want to go. That can be the it's it's less about the numbers than it is about this the story and the relationship that we're engaging with every single day subconsciously around money.
1: Yeah, the phrase I'm not good with money is uh is a is a um not I don't want to use the word excuse, but it's it's a uh it's a release to be bad with money. Right? Totally. And it and it's like you just don't want to act you just don't want to face up and and look at it. It's not like being look I'm not really good at basketball. Like, but you know, it's like, okay, well then you can just be bad at basketball. It's like, I'm not good with money, but you have to play money. Like you can't, you know, you can just not play basketball. No like choice. it's, yeah, you don't have a choice. Like, so yeah. uh, if you have to do that, you might, you know, I, I feel like that's a, um, it's a, it's a self release to let yourself not have to face the things that you have either a done or B don't want to do. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the same with the like parents never taught me. It's like it's easier to blame somebody else, blame mom and dad, you know, shame ourselves or, you know, say I'm, you know, not good at it. (laughs) But you're right. Like at the end of the day, we all it's just a part of being a human is we all interact with money every day. And so we can keep using those things as deflections and crutches um, instead of taking, you know, the responsibility back and saying, you know what, you know, most people I'm guessing are going to be adults listening to this. Like, I, I am an adult. I don't have to keep doing things the way mom and dad did. I don't have to keep doing, you know, I, I'm free to make those choices for myself, but it might be painful, <laughs> a little bit painful to view the real, like the reality and the truth that we avoid as humans, we're just programmed to avoid pain. So,
1: so I, I hope that on this podcast, the parents listening, it's almost like what you talked about. Like, it's not, you're, you're not really attracting that first step person, right? You're, you're kind of getting the people who are already conscious, aware of the problem, haven't found the solution yet. And then they come to you. Right. And so with this podcast and and money talkers, like, I think most of the people listening are going to be like aware of the problem that we don't teach kids about this stuff, or they didn't get mm-hmm. taught about it. They're now taking the steps to learn how to teach their kids about it. Um, and so I know with what we're talking about is actually retraining people's brains to understand the relationship they have with money. But if if you were uh queen for the day and you got to tell everybody like, what what would be your advice for them to keep, instead of retrain their kids, but to actually train their minds around their relationship
0: with money? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think like we were talking about before we even hopped on this of like, kids are so instinctual and they they mimic everything like they're just modeling whatever you're doing um, and they're they're absorbing things at a rate you don't even understand like their brains are just sponges and so if you want to teach your kids a better way of engaging with money that this you can't avoid yourself in that conversation and so if you want them to absorb a new way of being, you have to show them a new way of being. You have to, you know, embrace and, and be the per, be the person, be the parent that you wish you would have had. Be, be the change you want to see in your child first. Um, and, you know, maybe you know, I'm, like I said, about to be a parent, but it's been a, a priority of mine of like an intention of mine is like, you know, I want to be the person that my kids look up to, and and knowing you're gonna make mistakes, all parents we are gonna make mistakes and you know have slip ups, but it's it's taking ownership of that, um, and knowing it's not too late, and kids actually really appreciate it. Um, like I said, I was like working with some some parents and their kids. It's just it, they they like the honesty. They want to see you be honest too. So I don't know if I answered your question, but it starts with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you did, and I think, um, I have an eight-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy, and I will tell you this, at their age, they have, their authenticity meters go off, right? If you're not, if you're not being authentic with them, it's instant. That's the one instinct that I will tell you that I see out of kids consistently, like if you're if you're trying to pass something off on them and then you know do as I say, don't do as I do, like it is almost impossible to get them on your side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and it it's doesn't just, apply.
0: <laughs> no, it
1: just doesn't. Like you can't. It, it, they they're gonna follow it because they and for now we're kind of getting to the age where they're like, well, why do I have to? You know, like I think it was, we we're talking about like brushing our teeth and going to bed. And they were like last night, and they were like, well, you haven't brushed your teeth yet you know, it's like, whoa, like now they've got little, you know, like, well, like cops. well, I stay yeah, I stay up older than you later than you. I'm yeah. going to brush my teeth. Like you, if I would brush my teeth and went to bed, you'd be out here, you know, and they'd be like, Argh. you know, so you got to kind of, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing. So I think with parents a lot of times with kids, like, um, if you're avoiding the, the, the look in the mirror that we talked about, right. That first step, that hard I think the first step is 10 times harder than any of the other steps, right? It's, it's the, it's the, either the admission that I need help uh, which we're taught we don't need help in money, right? We should just, you're going to figure it out. You should know about it. We don't talk about that. Uh, All your friends have it all figured out, right? Okay. So, um, (laughs) you know, and then, and then I think that like, when you get into a place where uh, you can talk and you can, you know, you're open with these things, like, I think that's where the real progress gets made. So I think if you're if if you're having a hard time taking the first step and looking in that mirror, it's not for you. Right? It's mm-hmm. because you need and if you can't do it for yourself, which most people at that point probably know they should have but haven't done it, like look at that little person or think about that little person and take take the steps into starting because you can't be the success on the 20th step, unless you do the first one, right?
0: Yes. And the, the change happens like 20 steps down, you know, like it does get easier, but that first, yeah, admission or really just admitting it to ourselves because like throughout my own journey, like, and why I do this is because I was a financial advisor and I knew all the tactics and the strategies. And I was like, Going into debt, like like consumer debt, pretty rapidly, and it was so shameful that the shame and the darkness continued to create more and more debt. (laughs) Like as much as I tried to control, and I made good money into six figures in my early twenties, like was doing really well, and I was still weighed down. But the shame of like not wanting to own up to it or admit it. And come clean, especially in a realm of people that, you know, have it all together, which I will tell you, not a, nobody has it all together. Yeah. Nobody has it all figured out, even financial advisors. And if they tell you they do, they're probably lying. <laughs> like, there has to be some level of humility that we bring, bring to this and accept our human tendencies. But what we keep in the dark grows. Yeah. It's going to grow even bigger. And it's yeah. going to get way worse. So from personal experience and it's a huge weight lifted too when you finally just go, Okay, I need help. This isn't working. Like whatever I'm doing, it's not working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it I think it sucks
0: to like take responsibility for that.
1: My my most uh my most successful friends are the ones that talk to money with me about it. And I've you know I I've been on a roller coaster where I had very high successes and had atrocious losses you know I was a commercial banker in bankruptcy like telling bankers like telling business owners like how they should be running their businesses when I just lost four of them you know like yeah and I'm in and I just felt like I was like just like I can't why I was there to learn actually more than anything you know a lot of the times and so like but as I kind of became more comfortable I was like you know I'm just gonna start talking about this like but my struggles and stuff and then people started asking me questions constantly because they're like oh you you've been through worse. So like what's on the other side, you know, cause it's just, it's almost like the unknown. Right. And yeah. then you start to realize that you, the, the relationships are there um, and, and nobody has it together. You're a hundred percent right. No.
0: you know, Nobody's <laughs> comfortable.
1: My, my, one of my best friends is a, is a, is a CFB and he con- he texts me about stocks and we talk about real estate and he asked me like how to do real estate and all that stuff. And like, you know, he's a certified financial planner, just brilliant dude. And he's still like, you know, calls me about what my political expertise might be, you know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, uh, and and in that advantage, the same thing, I lean on him. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, check this out for me. What do you think? You know? And like, because we're open to that and it's not a taboo subject, we both benefit.
0: Totally. And we're not meant to do it together by any means. Um, or sorry, we're not meant to do it alone by any means. Um, even, I mean, I work with a lot of couples as well. And like, even in that conversation, I worked with couples that, you know, have been together for 20 plus years. And the conversation is still hard because they didn't form the habit of like having hard conversations early on about how you want to direct your money or what you really value as a couple or where you want to go. So there's so many different aspects and and pieces of money that no one person could ever know all of it <laughs> that would just be unreasonable to ever ask of somebody so like asking for help and getting started is you're 100 right it's like the hardest part and half the battle
1: well it's uh, one of my favorite books um is uh the richest man in babylon right and so they're talking about thousands of years ago these principles that the guy in Babylon used to be the richest man in Babylon, and honestly, they're, they're as applicable thousands of years ago as they are today. Like, there's not a lot of like new discoveries, you know, in in, yeah. in around financial uh, literacy and financial planning and those kind of things. It's just for me, it's one of two things. It's either um, the re- inner relationships between the people involved and how well you network that. Or two, it's the knowledge that you're willing to go out and focus your time on, right? And so if you spend some time learning uh, the terms and the you know the knowledge is out there, it's just, it's uh, if you don't focus on it and you wanna put your head in the sand and say, I don't know anything about money, you're not going to win, most likely. <laughs> you know, yeah. know there's, the, there's the occasional lotto scratch off guy that you know <laughs> but <laughs> for the most part it's uh for the most part it's uh um you know you it's just some sound practices but a lot of that comes down to like what you're talking about like you know you're not on the same page
0: yeah yeah and there's there's been a lot of power that societally i think a lot of times as americans And I can't speak about any other countries because I don't live there, part of the culture, but we give a lot of our power away to money as well to say, you know, oh, money that that is what is defining my success or my lack of success, or you know, we're saying that we're giving it all of the the power and letting it drive the car a lot of times and saying, Well, I'm just gonna go, you know, wherever I can make as much you know, make a lot of money or I'm going to go wherever we're letting it drive the car. And we're kind of just like strapped in, in the passenger seat saying, well, I guess I'll just go wherever the money goes. And (laughs) if there's not, then I guess, you know, whatever. (laughs) so I think it's like like (laughs) your
1: bad, it's like your bad high school friend that your mom didn't want you to hang out with. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Just like, okay, I guess I'm along for the ride. You take me wherever you want to. And I've seen so many people and this is what, hugely got me, you know, shifted from financial planning into the coaching realm was just seeing and working with people that had a ton of money too. So I, I think it's not even so much like, do you have money or do you not have money? It's really like, there's a bigger conversation too of like, are you fulfilled as a huge, like, are you, are you fulfilled and living like the life, you know, you want to and living on purpose. Um, Cause when we're out of alignment with the purpose like the money can it just gets right back in the driver's seat and, and like you're saying like money's a tool it's meant to be the gas in your car it's not the one that's steering the car like you get to choose where your car is going you get to choose what you you know where your where your life is going um, and money is going to come and go out of our lives it's just a it's a flow it comes to us and through us and we spend it we invest it like it's just a part of it but it's not it and you, I think culturally we have grasped on money equals success and if I don't have money I'm not like we're letting it define too much.
1: I, I think you said something really interesting in this conversation where that um, you were early success but financial planning and still got into the debt trap, right? And then you also just mentioned something about like, are you fulfilling your purpose in life? And one of my hopes, and as a parent, is that one, I can keep my kids from falling into that debt trap, right? And by not not by paying their debts, but by giving them the right mindset and the right framework to be around so that they know what, what that debt is robbing them of the opportunity that they could be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that, that it's very interesting that you were able to go from financial planning into coaching with that realization, because what happens to most people is they stay in the safety of, well, my paycheck comes on Friday. I got to go turn that into all these people I already bought stuff from. (laughs) right (laughs) like thank you i owe them from a year and a half ago when i had to have you know (laughs) that that uh that that car that pair of tennis shoes or whatever you know the thing that that i had to have at that time and then i already bought that so i need to take what you gave me for doing my stuff and give it to them like i think if we could if you can if i can stop that with them and if parents can stop that with their kids that the freedom to do to, to choose what's fulfilling in their life will be much greater
0: mm-hmm yeah yes hundred percent and I got even into more I I knew like when I started my financial planning career right right out of college just like fresh start I was eager I was excited there was like the newness and the freshness but like as time went on too I was I was like I don't think this is like, I just had this deep feeling. Like, I don't think this is what I'm like supposed to do with my life. Like there's something bigger, greater. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it just doesn't, it felt hard. Like work started to feel hard. Like even though I was making good money, like it every day got harder. And so that lent me into spending more money because I was trying to cope with the fact that I wasn't waking up fulfilled. And I think that we all as humans, we are born with a purpose. We are born to do something and it might take time to like, you know, weave and wind and find your ways. And some days are great and some days are not, but it's not about just, yeah, going and doing the thing to, you know, be successful and pay the bills and, but what I really help people, like the most powerful thing, I think this the work that I do with Revenue Tribe is they really help their process gets you to the bottom of your core limiting belief. So I have this core limiting belief that I have to do what other people want me to do in order to be successful. And mm. that means forfeiting my own dreams. And I, you know, lived that way. <laughs> And it wound me up in more debt <laughs> and more problems. And it was just this like rat race, hamster wheel. I don't know why it always has to do it with rodents, um, <laughs> That those analogies, but <laughs> it was exhausting and it, it led me to overspending to cope with the lack of fulfillment.
1: And you know, it's, uh, it's really kind of funny cause like uh, I had, I had built four businesses and all in the finance realm and uh when when the tide went back, you know, I realized that I really had no clue anything I, my finances were in shambles, like I didn't realize i mean I, I on the surface was like, this is amazing, I live on the beach, and I have all the stuff, and I have companies I'm doing all this stuff, and it was like one hiccup, and it was just like, woof, gone right and I was like, "Holy cow um." And I, I just think it's funny because I was, I went to college as a finance major, <laughs> you know, and you were a certified <laughs> financial, you know, you're a financial planner and you're like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not, I like, I don't know anything about the basics. Like, and you know, then we don't you know, we kind of mentioned school earlier. And for me, it's like, you know, we designed these curriculums 70 years ago and we have refused to update them in the real world today. And so I feel like parents, I can either I'm a person that believes in micro economies, not macro economies, right? Like the economy is going bad. Like that doesn't bother me. What am I doing in my world? Right. So the same thing, like, we're gonna throw our hands up and go schools aren't teaching kids. Or you know what, what am I gonna do with my kids? You know, and so um, it's a it's interesting, kind of, kind of hear you talk about being a financial planner and being kind of in your own way uh, on on that stuff. And so, how did you coming straight out of college? Was it kind of a weird experience for you to be giving like, because you, you you don't financial plan for people with no money. Like the, that's not the financial planner's. Uh, I don't know which big name it was, but you know, they don't, they don't have you chase people that don't have money. You have to go find the people with the money so you can make the commissions and do all that stuff. So like, I mean, you're 20, whatever coming out of school and like fresh out of school. And it's like, Hey, let me tell you what to do with your life savings at 70 years old. Was that awkward?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thankfully I joined a company that had a really strong mentorship program. So I was not doing the advising for the first couple of years Um, I was really just getting people in the door and inviting them to seminars and doing all the things. I was really more in sales and marketing at that point (laughs) Um, with financial licenses and learning through mentors, you know, giving the advice that that really helped me be successful. But there was this piece that came in that like built this like fraud complex. Like I'm a fraud. Like I've I had never earned more than like, maybe like 15 or 20 grand in a year, you know, through summer jobs and and that's probably high actually, probably 10 grand, like in summer jobs and internships and stuff. Like it was, it was, it, there was a fraudulent complex that I've, I've had to work to kind of un, undo over the years too, of feeling like you have to like prove it or earn yeah. it or Um, work really strive for it Um, and so yes (laughs) it was it was hard Um, but a lot of my clients were you know young medical residents too like that was my target they were graduating medical school or they were new dentists I was in that realm like they were gonna have money (laughs) kind of thing so
1: yeah, you got got them early, right? But um, yeah, hopefully that's. But it's actually a good program for them because I honestly I banked a lot of doctors, and they were some of the worst financial managers I've ever met. Because <laughs> it just was like they've been told their whole life, if you're a doctor, you're rich, and so they just didn't worry about the basics. That like I was having to retrain myself. It was almost I was almost in the same situation as them. It was like, oh, uh, you got all these things on the surface, but is your house built on you know straw or is it built on a concrete, you know, cement? and uh do you have a good you have a good base you know
0: yes and it was interesting too uh, uh, because I have struggled with this as well like um and it's it's been passed down now for a while you know if you go to college and you get the right degree and you get the right job and you'll make money and you'll be successful and I and even you know doctors and, and dentists a lot of them are told you know go, you know, go, go do this and be this. They take out hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt too. So they're coming out yeah. with hundreds of thousands of dollars of de- debt already. And then they buy a house and then they, but like, it's their leverage to the ears and they're now trapped in it because they have to make the money. like, that's the debt trap again, but it's because it's what you're, you know, you should do. Cause you could make a lot of money type of thing. Instead of like, is that really what you're, heart is calling you to is that your passion is that your purpose and so hopefully if we can teach kids how to tune into that earlier versus you know wait till you're 30 40 or midlife crisis to figure out your purpose or maybe never like maybe I think we can help kids identify that purpose and their their passions because my passion has not changed like now that now I look what I'm doing I've been doing it since I was five years old like Mm -hmm within my family structure within my community like h- how I engage in the world is not that different than how I was when I was five <laughs> so
1: and that that's uh that's awesome you know like I said earlier that you have been able to take that leap because what happens normally is once you get on the wheel you don't get off all right and so that's the sca- <laughs> that's the that's the first step Right, that we were talking about earlier that that's the that's the one that you know. I'm. Well, we talked about what was the hardest thing for people to come to you and so to well, take the look in the mirror. And just mm-hmm. as we're talking through your story, you know, it sounds like that was also um, kind of the hardest part. So you can relate.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I can. It's it hard. It took and, a while. And, and it's re- not always quitting your job or you know no Changing it's not it's not always the answer but
1: it no it's it's not um but i just uh i i the reason i brought that up is because um you know you're a money mindset coach but you have to go through the, it's everyone has to have this kind of it, it, i would say that a lot of the end steps are different for everybody but i think the first step is the same um for almost everyone you know whether you're seen as being very successful or uh, for me same thing like i had I had this moment where I was like, you know, <laughs> I tell people my story, but I was $700,000 in debt with no job, <laughs> like in bankrupt Gosh. foreclosure and IRS liens. And I was like, okay i'd better figure this one out because like you know like i had yeah. my moment where i was like i i, I was like i'm really good at this business thing and then like a year later i was like i'm really bad at this business thing yeah. like, you know where i had to turn around my my mindset and have have a humbling moment to to, to do that and for me you know being a strong stronghold person like it needed to be a big mirror you know like it, it had to be a pretty big okay. smack in the face to get my attention and so um I think that whether you need a giant smack or a small one um, you hopefully you take the steps before you have the, the um, before the world makes you take the step.
0: Right. Yeah. Before it gets smacked back in your, before the mirror literally just crashes on your face. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are subtle cues and things that, you know, start to, I just, yeah, I think the pile under my rug started to get so big that I couldn't really? avoid it anymore, and, and say, "Yeah, like the mirror." I don't yeah. know if it, it totally smacked me on the face, uh, but it was pretty. It was pretty, pretty close. Pretty like close, you can right? look at this, or you can keep <laughs> doing this and keep screwing yeah. yourself deeper and deeper <laughs> into the hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, but that it it it's humbling. That yeah. that word is right, <laughs> Cody. Yeah. The, it's like having the humility to say, yeah, it's.
1: Yeah, it is. And then I, I, I would say this, though. Um, the the resistance to having that moment is way bigger and stronger than it. And it actually, the, the moment after the release of, wait a minute, like we're all on the same boat. Like when you kind of have that, like when it comes off and you're like, what was I doing? Like, it just, it's just like, ah, like, it's almost just like a kind of a, you know, a, uh, uh, a tension reliever to be like, you know what, this is a different way to look at the world.
0: Yeah. And it's so cool to see, like, I think, you know, hearing more about your story and mine, like our pain in our life, like we can either like let it keep being pain and killing us or like through really looking at it and taking responsibility and, Um, ownership of it it's transformed you like this is so much of your purpose that pain that you experienced has framed so much of of the impact that you've made now you know across the globe because you're able to look at it without saying that defines me that but it's a huge part of the impact you're making in the world and I think our whatever the pain is you're experiencing in your in your life or have experienced, it's it's a part of that purpose, too. So it's also yeah. like, you know, some of the pain is unavoidable, and it's it can be reframed into your purpose.
1: I, I really hope that a lot of people in what we're dealing with right now and, you know, Un unbelievable numbers of just unemployment flying through and mortgage crises and being locked down and doing all this stuff that, um, that if someone's listening to this, like you have kind of, it's your choice to react how you want to. I tell people I would wish I never wish I would have, I, I wouldn't have done it anywhere different. But I would tell you this, if you would ask me while I was going through it, I would have done it different. Right? I would have been like, oh, yeah. no, reverse, like, take it back. Like, I don't Hindsight. want
0: to.
1: Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, funny. like, years later, I'm like, God, that was the one. I needed that more than anything in my whole life, right? And so I had moments where, you know, I was talking about, like, just sitting on that porch with my wife. And my new wife. We were planning to start a family. Like, it wasn't a good time, right? And so, <laughs> but, I mean, I remember sitting there, and she was just looking. She's like, what are you going to do about this? And so that became kind of a motto for me, like whenever like massive problems came in my life and they never stop, you gonna always have challenges and problems come through. But like, it's like, OK, can I throw my hands up and wallow in it or like, what am I going to do about it? And so that kind of became a motto to me internally was like, so I hope if, if you're listening to this and your business is struggling or your, you know, job or like whatever. Okay. Like, don't, you've got to just ask yourself like, okay, what am I going to do about this? Like just continue to do that and just have these little minor, minor tiny wins. And then that's where the big successes come out is that you forge yourself in this, in this difficult time. Right. Yeah. And you have that realization that you can go forward and, and, and really tackle things. You can't tackle an elephant altogether. Like you have to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Right. And But you got to start biting. <laughs> Right.
0: Somewhere. Okay.
1: And I also think that you and I have worn out some analogies on this conversation. <laughs> we have, we have, our analogy game has been strong today. So I can tell you yeah. that. <laughs> well, awesome. Love it. Listen, Jordan, I want to thank you for coming on to Money Talkers with me, um, and and really kind of helping us dive into, um, you know, the the roots, not just the nuts and bolts, and like here's the here's the budgets and what you do is a personal financial thing, but like really kind of drawing the hand, the the curtain back and saying, Hey, look, it's the way you see things. And it's, you you need to dig in there to find that so that you can then be an example for your kids. And so um, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing um, uh, with the revenue tribe, where's the best place they can connect?
0: Yeah, we are, um, we're on Facebook and Instagram um, revenue tribe. And we also have a free Facebook group just to get into this conversation. It's not um, so much financially related, but it is to the bigger, bigger questions of who are you? Why are you here? What is it that's really standing in your way? um, What is that core limitation that you continue to run up against? And are you ready to take responsibility for it and move forward? So would love to see anybody over in that Facebook group or, um yeah we host workshops now all online because of covid um so we do you know have people over all over the world joining into those workshops too so love to see you over there
1: fantastic thank you jordan i appreciate it
0: yeah thanks so much for having me
1: thank you for listening to another episode of money talkers with me your host cody laughlin